Cootsies. I need to introduce you so people have a little reference okay. for who you are because this this is guys this is Brent Loya aka Styles Bentley aka the Sultan of Silliness aka the Chappis King himself Brentius O Maximus O Daddy Yankee O Hi there silly boy he I, I, is uh probably I think it's safe to say that you um have been and definitely were the ringleader of our group of best friends growing up. Um, I'd like to say that you and I partaked in I those. Say, I think you might be me. I mean, let's, let's, to the group. let's not get down to brass tacks. We right, both, right, right, right. we both, we both held held the crown for right. the ringleader of this group of silly boys. Um, you you. You certainly were, I mean, I could put myself in this category too, but the wildest, the craziest, <laughs> and the, I'm only saying, I'm only saying this, I'm only saying this to say that now at the age, at the tender age of 34 years old, you have become the, a, a father of three <laughs> girls. And it's almost like this, like. It's incredible how it all happened that way because I, I don't have any kids. Like you know, most of our friends have kids now and stuff, and it's and it's pretty normal. But you have the most. Right. You have three, and they're all girls. Right. And I've said it a bunch of times before uh, to our friends, but you know, I, I watch I watch all of our friends with children and with their marriages and all that all that stuff, and you know. I, as a as a guy who's single and without kids, I I always wonder like, do am I gonna have kids? Am I gonna get married? Is are these, is this gonna be something in my life? And I don't. I look at all my friends, and nobody is ever selling me on marriage and or children except for you. Yeah. With your kids, I watch you play with your kids. I watch you like go on slip and slide rides in your backyard. You have. 18 dogs you have 19 children and you somehow make it work so well like you're not you're not like excessively wealthy in in finances with your life and you and you don't like have this huge epic like it's like i think in my life i'm like oh i need to have like a bajillion dollars to take care of kids and have fun and not have to nanny and not have to do this i just need to be retired and be completely committed to, to my life. But right. I watch you do it, and I'm like, holy shit. Brentius has figured out a way to transition the silly boy lifestyle that he had when he was a youngster and completely apply that to his fatherhood, to, right. to your ability to, to take care of your kids. And, and you're the only person, man, that I, that I see that I envy as a, as a dad. Nobody else is selling me on it. What well, do you I do? That. I, I I was gonna say, you know, I I'm not sure of what I do <laughs> specifically to uh, be successful at this, and I think I mean I think that's just like anything that you're passionate about. You definitely feel personally more failure than success, but that's that's kind of the purpose, right? Like uh, like the journey is is more important than the the destination. But with kids, man, it's like, dude. Like, I've come to old that you like you, you start to look back at your parents and even your friends' parents, and you you, you like all, like all these epiphanies come about like 
for instance, I think as a dad, it's like my dad was always, I think, notated by our friends and other people like as a really easy, easygoing dude. And I think a lot of dads are kind of like that. And it's it's not by choice, man. It's by like you have to be like you have to find that patience. And then you have to like also step out of like this. I am an adult and I have these, you know, this knowledge and wisdom and experience my child has none. Like I always am thinking about like not creating biases and always like exploring imagination. So it's, it's like being a silly boy. I think like <laughs> being a silly boy, man, that's, that's like yeah. common for Julian and I, if it sounds funny to you out there in, in listening land, but being a silly boy, that's like our epicenter. Uh, when we were younger, it was a little more debaucherous and, uh, and that, but, but it had the same essence. Like we weren't ever trying to be destructive. We were just trying to like reach the limits of imagination, you know, or to find if there were any. And with kids, I think it's just like my imagination now is so perplexed by theirs and understanding their growth. And, and, and it's just like, even my, my daughter, Amelia, the oldest, <laughs> she was, she like had a friend over, this was a month or two ago, and they were eating a snack at the table. And I like said something from the kitchen, like, like, who knows what I said. And she just leans over to her friend goes, my dad's pretty silly. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how proud does that make you feel? Dude, I was like, yes, good, yeah. good. Like, and the other part of me is just like, by the time they hit 10, like that could be out the window, at least for a number of years, like. It could be Man. from the like, let's th let's be crazy with dad to like, mm, dad, like, you know, get out of the way. Uh, so I don't know, man. I think that I just always try to be fun. Like, obviously, you have to have like structure. You have to have routine. You have to have all the, the stuff that mom, you know, whips you into shape for and keeps us in order. Shout out right. to all the moms, man. Moms. Shout out moms. Oh, oh my God, moms, dude. They're, Dads they're... have it easy. I got it easy. I'm the facilitator. They're they're the the maestro, you know. I, I just like have so much uh, respect for for parents, and I think even for you, you know, like I think it will be. I think it it will go down in the history books. It'll be notated about like the parents, the new parents of the pandemic who were going through this, like while trying to raise these kids. And I know you went through like a huge uh, period of, of time where you were like really struggling because you were trying to find like a new situation for your work. And, right. you know, like it's just like it's and just having three, you had two kids at the time, but you basically like created a covid baby yeah, during that period definitely covid baby um, for sure and and it's so funny man cuz i remember when you like i remember the video that you that you have shown us as friends uh when 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 rachel told you that she was pregnant for the first time <laughs> and like your response to that is so genuine and awesome brent just he, <laughs> rachel's just like hey we're 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 having a baby and she has him on like the phone video and it's like it's like has the phone set up like in the corner of the room and Brent just looks at her just like with these eyes that just widen and become huge and he's just like 
what the fuck are we gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's not like oh no or like happy day or anything. It's just like what are we gonna do? What are we gonna what are we gonna do? And I feel like that's so honest. And so just real, like, especially when you, you know, it wasn't like you guys were like, okay, here's when we're going to have a kid. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's how it's all going to work out. It was like, you know, some people are intentional about that stuff, but it, it seems like it kind of happened for you guys happily. So, right. It was just like, such a shock. And I, I'll, I'll never forget that, that video and that moment of you expressing yourself that way. It was so good, man. Dude, it was, uh, yeah, like uh wife then girlfriend we moved to florida she was going to school for midwifery and uh and i was i had finished my associate's degree at bellevue college for interior design and i was like kind of and and coming off of like some cool art projects in seattle and design Mm -hmm. projects so i was like feeling like a pretty big chip on my shoulder like i'm gonna move to florida i'm gonna get a surfboard i'm gonna make some art i'm gonna get a good job we're gonna just like be the master and uh and yeah shit did not go down that way man i was driving uber i was working at starbucks i was trying to get back into doing online classes to go towards a bachelor's degree like and then all of a sudden and my you know my girlfriend at the time who you know we lived together and whatnot and moved across the country together you know i come home and she tells after come home from work at starbucks one night you know and she tells me she's pregnant you know and like you were like you said like you know uh earlier like you know if you feel like you got to have a million dollars to have a baby and you got to be yeah. set up and you got to be ready it's like I was still driving my 97 Toyota Camry like that, you know, barely got down the road. And, you know, we had, you know, next month's bills in the bank, but nothing past that. And and yeah, it was it was scary, you know, and then um, and and yeah, just like, you know, so I don't know. It's like uh, now that I'm saying that it's like um, I feel like since in the last four and a half, let's just say five years. uh, Yeah, have have grown so much personally professionally and i don't know maybe that was the catalyst like maybe if that never happened like who knows i'd be freaking like still in florida like waving a trump flag or something (laughs) oh my god (laughs) i don't think you could ever do that but you were around that stuff quite often weren't you well, Florida style, man, and that's the stereotype, like coming from, like especially the Pacific Northwest, right? Is that it's Trump country, which were the area that I was in was more so than not. But I think Florida, and I've said this for a number of years, maybe it's changing a little bit now, but I always thought Florida was actually a really good representation of our actual country because it really is more of a fifty-fifty kind of political split there. You have cities like Miami that are international, and 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 you know. Uh, then you have cities like, like Jacksonville, which was, I was closer, which is kind of like the South, like South Georgia, you know, almost. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so you have a really interesting dichotomy and I always say how, how like us in the Northwest or New York or people in the U S look at like Florida and Florida man is how the world looks at the United States. Mm. And so I thought being in Florida, once we had kids, we wanted to raise them in the Northwest, like back where we were raised, plus our families up around here. Um, we think it's a good place to raise a family, um, yeah. comparatively to Florida. 
but I actually have like extremely fond memories of being in Florida, man. I lived a half a mile from the beach and my rent was less than a thousand bucks a month. Like, wow. I mean, it was retirement too early. So, uh, but, but yeah, it, it was a strange, a strange land out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was, it was crazy. I remember coming to your wedding out there in uh, St. Augustine. That was the best man. Dude. That was a, such a beautiful place and yeah. I've never been there. So well, I, I don't big, know. I think, big, I think Florida definitely gets a bad rap, but yeah. Yeah. Big, big shout out to St. Augustine. I loved St. Augustine. What a cool city. Good people. Actually shout out to St. Augustine distillery. Uh, shout out. A bit. Uh, really good people, man. Treat, treated me well. Um, yeah, man. So Florida was a good time, but yeah, made it back here and uh and then yeah it was uh we moved back to uh, seattle we're renting a place in columbia city bought a house in tacoma Tacoma. and uh two weeks after we moved into our new house lottie was born that was august of 2019 so then we have a newborn at home so we're kind of at home we're kind of homebodies like new baby then you know right around to the top of 2020 then COVID hits um so then we're in covid quarantine basically right after lottie's first birthday august of 2020 so still pretty thick in covid i mean fuck we still are it's august 2021 but um then we find out she's pregnant and it's just like oh my gosh like we you know it's like i feel like since amelia was born we've never had a moment to like settle in it's always go 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 and uh and i think i was kind of like venting about it the other day and Boyle, uh, who's been on the podcast and one of our chapestry guidance counselors, he was like, yeah, but you wouldn't really be happy if you weren't like you are go, go, go. If if you didn't have that, if you had that moment, you, you wouldn't take it. You'd get up and start doing something else. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's yeah, absolutely. I wonder what that would be, man. I wonder because, like, I say it a lot to you, and I don't, I don't say it like in, out of out of any other way, but besides coming from love. But like, I feel like you should be the one in New York p- pursuing a career as an actor. And I wonder, like, if you, because, because, just for context for the people listening, like, you are by far the most creative. Like, not just like creative. Like, I don't like your creativity transcends like the idea of creativity in general for me. It's like you made music, you've been a painter, you've been a a, a digital artist, you've been a, a rapper, a singer, a, a musician, a, an actor, all, all sorts. You've you've hit the gamut of, of creativity and and it doesn't it seems so open ended in, in, in my opinion when I watch you and when I've seen you and your ability to kind of just like exist in the world as a creative and as like this free spirited and seemingly like overly confident vessel who can just like do anything. Uh, it, 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 I, I always kind of am just like, obviously you had kids and you, and you had to create a life that would provide for your children. So going and like frolicking through New York as a, as a, wannabe actor like me is that is, yeah is that uh, your daily was, frolicking <laughs> through the city <laughs> yeah dude i'm frolicking through the 119 degree weather right now sweating Ooh. my dick off mm. um but i always wonder man like what and i and i and i'm sure you've thought about it. i mean I'm, i know that you still uh you know 
express yourself creatively and, and, you know, do certain things for yourself that, that satiate that, that creative itch for you. But, uh, like, I wonder, man, like it, it does no good to be like, Oh, well, if I didn't have kids, where would I be? But right. do you, do, 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 do you like foresee yourself kind of like getting back into like hugely getting back into your creative life at, at some point and like making, making, uh, like big strides there, um, or, or are you kind of like figuring out how to create creative strides in the work that you're now doing? Um, I mean, yeah, a little all the above. I mean, how I think of it now, and it's, I mean, I don't mean to be like, like uh, cocky about this or anything, but I've always been good or really good at like anything I try, but yeah. I've never, I feel I've never been great at anything. Mm. And I yeah. feel like even in like sports in high school, I was always like one of the best, yeah. but I was never like a T snide. I was never a Craig Chambers. Right. I was never, those are our high school, high school hero sports players. But yeah, yeah, you know, I was never that top person. And I feel like, you know, then art was kind of the same way. It was like, I had really good concepts. I had really good ideas. I had good pieces. I, I really feel like I'm a, good song I'm a really good songwriter I feel like and I'm a really great performer and I have a lot of charisma um but even like if Alan for instance you know he walks in the room and he has a you know an unmistakable talent yeah, of great right. his voice it's like undeniably inherent gift right and I've never never had that level so I think it was like I never had a problem taking a chance and I loved taking on the challenge. I think more than that, I also loved being the leader of things. So I would, I would really do that. I'd really grasp things as like a leader. Um, but I was, I loved the challenge of doing all these things. Yeah. Acting, playing in a band, writing music, uh, being in plays, you know, all that type of stuff. But I never picked one. Like, I feel like you did the same thing. You were a rapper, you were a musician, you were an artist, you were a everything. We've all done the same things, but you kind of found your medium in acting, right? And Alan found his medium, obviously, in, in music as a singer. And, and I never, I feel like I never really found my medium. And maybe I had, and I just, you know, I don't know. I just, maybe I, and, and, and that's my, my dilemma, right? Is like, I'll tell myself, like, especially when I was going to college, you know, it's like, dial in, become an expert. Like, you need to become yeah. an expert at this one thing. But then another side of me is like, why? Why? Why right. not try and do all these other things? Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I, I feel like that's where I, I've been. And now that my kids, like Amelia, is going to start going to school and they're getting out of that, you know, they need your dad all the time. Like, I do feel like a little bit more of an air of, of finding my personal self again. Um, and, you know, and, and yeah, so I don't, I guess to go all the way back to your question of like, do I, am I working on anything or do I plan on it? Like, absolutely. But like, I don't, I can't say like, I'm working on a fully creative art project. I think in my professional life now, it is very interesting because it's becoming, uh, I'd say a large portion of the work I'm doing right now is extremely creative, design-based, 
um, that will ebb and flow a little bit. But I, in the work I've been doing, I think I have been like falling back in love with design a little bit. Um, so yeah, so, um, it's, I always say it on, uh, stylesbentley.com. If you, uh, would like to peruse my, my, Check it out. my works, you know, oh, I yeah, stay, uh, kind of like, um, I don't know if you call it a tagline or whatnot, but, uh, kind of like a words of wisdom of what I think of life as is a, uh, life is a creative journey, you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, I hope that I'm creating, whether it's personal or professional, you know, to the last moment that I have a conscious to create from. Um, yeah. So that's a part of it, too, is it's at this point, it's not a, where maybe when I was 20 years old, it was about being a rock star, being, a, a, you know, somebody, right? Being known, being influential, right? right. And now I'm like, I'm a little more okay being behind the scenes. Like, yeah, that, 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 that desire to be influential um, is obviously there. I think any artist kind of has a little bit of that ego in them. Right. But, uh, but I'm a little more okay with like, I don't have to be styles Bentley in front of it all. Like I can be producing in the background. I can be directing in the background. I can have the edge and the leadership that makes me happy the creative outlet that makes me happy. Um, but I don't have to be the one on stage to do it. Although yeah, that'd be it, fun too. <laughs> totally. And I think you will be, man. And I think it's right. it's really admirable because, you know, for somebody who really did, uh, uh, you know, like single out my own creativity to follow in acting. Uh, and I think just like Alan, I think Alan can attest to this too. Uh, you know, in in really like staying in a lane and being like, okay, this is where I'm going to go. This is how right. I'm going to do it. It, you know, as soon as it becomes your job, as soon as it becomes like your life and your livelihood and, and your identity more so than anything, uh -huh. it can be really hindering, man. Oh. Um, you know, it can, it can really like conflict with what the reason for having gotten into it to begin with was and is um and i find myself conflicted by that a lot where i'm i mean don't get me wrong i am obsessed with acting i love i think it's the, the most fun thing that i've ever been able to do and it's definitely where i want to be mm -hmm. but man <laughs> the business of acting the 98 percent of the job is soul sucking draining like you know it it makes me it makes me feel awful at times and it's like now i've been in new york for 10 years and i've invested so much of my time and and energy into this thing that i'm like well i mean i'm grateful that i have but, and but like i also can't really go back i can i can do whatever i want but i don't really want to and and i think to 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 your point of where you're kind of at in your life it's 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 again just like you with your kids like kind of enviable man because you kind of see your art uh more now as a hobby and probably have a better appreciation for it than if it were like your main priority and like part of and like needing to be your identity and i think i get i get wrapped up in my i my uh self-worth mm -hmm. uh 
attaching itself to like the product of my success as an actor or as a creative and God damn it, dude. Like it's so it, it that's a never ending cycle of right. bullshit. If I allow myself to go down that, um, and you know, and you spiral and you're just like, Jesus, man, like I'm not nearly as far as I thought I'd be. And why didn't I just like take that stupid little degree that I had and go do something more, you know, logical with that. But then I'm like at the same, on the same thought, like, shut up, Julian, like, this right. is what you're doing. This is what you chose to do. And you know, you've, you've, you're, you should be so grateful to have been able to last this long doing it and continue right. to thrive. But I think it's just so interesting how we all kind of like navigate and take and like take different avenues down through life and how you and I, you know, spent every waking moment together when we were growing up from like, you know, probably, probably eighth grade through like, you know, senior year of high school, we were like inseparable, just yeah. hanging out, freestyling, painting, drawing, like being. My and, mom and we still were, wouldn't let me spend the night, though. I know you're, you're my, I still find it so funny that your mom was an etiquette coach and you, you were like, I mean, when you needed to be, you were very well mannered, but just as a default, none of us had manners, dude. We were not trying to be well mannered kids at all, but we were so, we were so eager, man. And I've had this conversation with you before and I'd love to dive back into it because we, you and I especially were so eager to be something to like be like to, to like be shining and to be like front and center and to be like you know the and and it wasn't because we were like so like ego such egomaniacs that we like needed that attention we just like inherently knew that like people people were elevated by by like that type of presentation when we were able to like <clears throat> excuse me get crazy and, and, th and like show up to a party and like act like absolute fucking maniacs. People really got a lot of joy out of that. And I think for me, it, I really started to burn out where I was like, I, 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 I didn't realize that I had any level of introversion in my life. I right. only thought I was an extrovert right. so much so that I was just like, I need to make people happy. I need to show up that this party doesn't exist unless I'm here, unless me and styles Bentley are here and growing up. And in retrospect, you're like, Oh, that's actually not true at all. Like we, we definitely, you know, had like, we, we definitely contributed to those times and made people happy and had a, had a, had a great time when we would show up to those things. But, but I think I learned later on in life that like, whether or not I show up to these things, like they're gonna, they're gonna happen right. one way or another. <laughs> like we don't have anything to do with that. And nobody's actually really thinking about us. And I just had this like really, this really humbling moment with, with like my own ego at one point, I think just like moving out to LA and realizing that like, Oh, I am not as awesome as I thought I was. And then having to like come back to being like, no, I actually am as awesome as I think I am. I'm just not awesome in the way that I expected myself to be. Right. Uh, because it was really hard for me to turn off back in the day, man. And I think you right. and I just fueled each other. We were oh, like, absolutely. dude, let's go. Like who can go harder? And it wasn't anything that like, we weren't ever in competition with each other. We no, were just no. like, ex like just combusting all the time just like right. 
fueling, 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 and, and just like exploding it at every time. And I just wonder, like, now that you're a father and like now that you've kind of been able to apply those, those like that part of your identity to being a dad, like, do you look back on that time and feel like, God, I was like, so I, I exerted so much like unnecessary energy or are you just like, no, you know what? Like that was, that definitely like added value to who I be, who I now am as a person. And are you like grateful for that? Because I certainly burned out, man. And I think that was important for me to do, but it, it, it it was, it took me a long time to figure that out for myself. Right. I think I, yeah, I burned out too, but in a different way. But like when I actually now as an adult and the, you know, people that I've met through being an adult, I feel like 90 plus percent of the time, if you talk about like high school with people you meet as adults, you never went to high school with um, the, the typical uh, response is like, I hated high school or high school sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, when I look back and think about high school and granted, yeah, I can dial into negative moments, coming of age, you know, all those sorts of things that were difficult, but dude, I had a blast, dude. Yeah, like I had so much fun yeah. middle school and high school. Like, so much fun so like thinking about it like yeah I think the only thing I remember being annoyed when it was just like oh oh hey this is Brent say something funny and it's yeah, just like right go fuck yourself like yeah, you know I'll, an I say funny things when it happens but I think my like check and balance and reset was uh when we graduated high school I went to ASU for a year and actually moved to Tempe Arizona and I show up to the dorm orientation. And this is kind of, I mean, like Julian's saying, we're fun-loving guys. We're friends with everyone, popular kids, you know, no enemies, you know, um, at least that we knew of. Like, yeah. we didn't have any. There were right? certainly some kids, like, in the back of the class that were, like, trying to kill us. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, we, like, I, uh, and I'm sure we were inadvertently assholes to people but i know we never wanted to be we were never trying to be uh anyway so i go to asu and in my head i'm 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 having this whole like fantasy of kind of recreate not recreating myself but reintroduce like i can be anyone i want to be nobody knows me and we already created like our personas of the chapestry you know mm-hmm. And so I get there, I go to my first, like the dorm orientation, like the first day everyone moves into the dorms and I'm wearing a cutoff in sync shirt and you know, just that's it. A cutoff in sync shirt with, with shorts on. Yeah. And dude, I mean, I would, people were just like, who is this guy? Like, (laughs) who is this strange cookie? You know? And, and at ASU, I kind of, at going to a big college, I was a party school, the weather was great, you know, uh, I wasn't there for school, I was there for the experience, right, whether or not I knew that at the time, but yeah, I was totally an outcast, I had very, I, I think like, I had, a, began, everyone kind of begins with a big group of friends, because everyone's trying to meet, but I think by the end of that first year of college, which I dropped out of afterwards, um, yeah, I only had like really two or three friends, you know, like, and that was crazy for me. Like, and I was kind of this weird kid. I mean, one of my best friends was my neighbor who was a gay kid. And then my other 
best friend was just like a super stoner and we'd sit in his room and literally like just get stoned and listen to the entire Beatles anthology, the entire Led Zeppelin anthology, you know, like talk about introverted shit. We'd sit in a dorm room for 12 hours listening to music. My other friend uh, uh, who was gay and I was always a flamboyant dresser and we'd go hang out. I mean, we would get harassed. I got fucking jumped and uh, kicked yeah, in the I was going to say, you got, you got your ass kicked, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, because of people calling me a faggot, you know? Yeah. And and, uh, and me sticking up for that. And, uh, you know, and so it was just like the things that I would do at home that I would be celebrated. I'd be put on people's shoulders yeah, for yeah. at ASU. I was getting called a faggot and run yeah. out of parties and fucking kicked in the face. And it was like... I remember coming home and just being so confused. Like, I, like, I, I, life, the, the, what I had grasped on as like life, like, was totally askew and, and released. And, uh, and I remember that night I got in, in that fight, you know, basically I got jumped and it was like an adrenaline. Like, I don't even remember it. I remember like, guys chasing me out of the house party i'm like speed walking out of there like next thing i know i'm running to jump in dudes like the back of his truck to get out of there like i don't remember anything plus i had been drinking too uh and so i (laughs) that night i had called my mom because one of the other people in the dorm actually called the police and i filed a police report and whatever but i called my mom and i was like in tears and and my mom (laughs) calls me back the next morning and she goes um I got your message and are, are you saying that you're, that you're gay? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> it's like, no mom. <laughs> I'm saying I got jumped because I was yeah. wearing an NSYNC shirt and everybody thought I, was because they thought I was gay. And I stuck up for the gays. You, you can pray. Yeah. You can, you can pray on whatever you want on that. But anyway, like, yeah, no, yeah. no, like, no, like negativity towards my right, mom. Right, 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 right. It was, uh, it was, it was just, it, even in that extent was just like, what like this that's not the point like who yeah, cares who gives right. a fuck like what yeah. uh so that was i think the turning point like coming home after living in asu plus then the second half of being at asu man like now that we're on the subject um like the first half was like drugs and alcohol trying to figure it out like being this new outcast that i've never been before and then the second half or go come home for winter break come back for the second semester and man, that's the first time in my life that I really felt anxiety. You were just removed from your tribe. Right, and, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, it, and it's so interesting because, you know, it, it's such a testament to like the environment that you grow up in and how you kind of mold yourself around that when you're growing up. Because, you know, had any of us lived in different areas or had never met each other, if I had never met you and you me, we would have been definitely different, man. Probably. So different. Yeah. And I want like, you know, if, if we grew up in any other place other than Mill Creek, Washington, didn't go to the same high school and didn't have like the f- tribe that we grew up with. Like, you know, I think back on high school too. And I'm like, man, that, I like I had a blast. We were like these, you know, popular kids, not because we were even necessarily trying to just because we were enjoying ourselves right. and people were gravitating towards that. And, uh, it is interesting that when, cause I remember like, you know, one of our friends who you mentioned earlier, um, Travis Snyder, he's, he's a professional baseball player. And he, I remember he was like, 
baseball to him in, in high school was like T-ball, you know, right. it's just like, it's, it's just like he was hitting home runs every time he got up to the plate. Right. So I, I remember he got drafted out of high school and, uh, like, you know, made a bunch of money and went to the pros like right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And I remember it being like, oh, this is the first time baseball is hard for him. Because right. now he's in the pros. Now he's in this new environment where like everybody's good mm-hmm. and everybody's doing this thing. And, uh, you know, that it's just like you get into these different tribes and, you know, you get you get into these new environments of different people and people that don't get you, you know, especially when you're when you're as charismatic as you are or like I am. You know, I remember coming out to New York when I first moved out here and you know, I had done a couple movies before I came out. I felt like I was on top of the world. I had some money in my pocket. I was like, I'm going to this school that's paying for me to be there because they're going to like make me their poster child. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be the next Brad Pitt, dude. I am the fucking man. The stars have aligned and JP Grimace is here to thrive, baby. <laughs> and I remember just coming out here and like, you know, and trying to kind of like leverage that, that experience of myself and being like, I am, I'm awesome. Like I wasn't running around telling everybody I was awesome, but I was like, I remember just like buying all my friendships and taking like all these young kids that I was going to this acting conservatory without to the bar and, you know, trying to like be super awesome by like spending these like extravagant amounts of money on like tabs that these 18 year olds were, were taking advantage of. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm the man I've been in this. I've done that. And, and it, it, you know, ultimately I, I think, I, you know, I made a, a couple like, you know, strong friendships, but overall it was just like, Oh, nobody actually like a, really appreciates me. But I think ultimately, <laughs> like, I don't really appreciate myself in this situation because right. I'm away from that group of people that I've grew up with. And I think something that's like, it's so weird because I know that there are so many groups of people in the world that are like as close of friends as we are with our group of friends. Right. And it's easy to be like, Oh, we have this like very exceptional group of people. I just don't know how to like elaborate on what our friendship actually means outside of just having like people that are listening right now actually come and spend time in a room with us when we're like doing invisible double dutch dancing our fucking asses off crowd surfing through the room on a tuesday just like going so crazy and just smiling and loving and like celebrating life to the fullest extent i remember kids would come over to our house again on like a tuesday night you know, back when Alan was living with us, you were all like all of us, all of us had this, this Chappis woo house, mm-hmm. um, which we can dive into a little bit as well. And, and we would have these parties, you know, like after an Alan show and we would come home and all these kids would come back from the show or, you know, it wasn't even a show. You guys would have a show, Del Simpleweight, your guys' band, you and Boyle and Larry Blake shout out, um, you know, we would, we would come home and we would just like throw down and people would leave giving us like these epic hugs. It's like, that was the greatest night of my life. And they were serious. And it was just like, dude, this is just a, this is just Tuesday. You know, it's it's pretty funny because I know you and Al have talked about this and gotten into, you know, like mindfulness and meditation as an extent, but I think when we're right around like end of high school, I, I think I, I coined the the definition 
of Chappis Wu as a lifestyle that enriches silliness and rambunctiousness to the fullest extent. And, uh, and really, like, what you are describing right now, and granted, it was fueled definitely by, like, alcohol and drugs to a certain degree. I don't think any of us were, like, we had our tripping balls, you know, moments, but, you know, that wasn't like the daily. We, we were drinking and smoking some weed and, you know, nobody was going, like, you know, doing right. opioids and fucking shooting up crazy shit. Man. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But we were totally finding that like through dancing through singing through freestyling through all those silly activities we were putting people in their flow states we were like that catalyst and we were doing it probably mostly for our own egos you know whether or not i know we didn't that's not why we were doing it but it's why we were doing it we were fulfilling that but I think that's why people and well, and you're the one who's always said this about me is that, you know, people like 50 percent of people fucking love you, like yeah. fucking love you. And 50 percent of people fucking hate you, like yeah. fucking think you're yeah. annoying and crazy and over yeah. the top. And uh, <laughs> and so I think it's just like to me, meditation and mindfulness, like to understand it without doing or having like psychedelic experiences to like really open up your mind to really be able to, to find that you have to be, I think a creative because you have to use your imagination to look beyond the self. And so we were able to do that unknowingly. We could look, we could, we could explore and imagine outside of ourselves as these personas as, as styles Bentley and fucking, you know, Julian, Julian is like, like Madonna in fucking high school. Like you say Julian, that's all you need to say. And you know who you're talking about. Like, so, was, and, and I wasn't Styles Bentley. I was fucking Brentius, you know, like, but anyways, uh, quarter inch, a quarter inch, baby. So, uh, so yeah, man, I think that, you know, that was, that was something really amazing. And, and people really, and the people who would like come back to our parties or really be like attached to it, like they weren't the people who partied the hardest. You know what I mean? They were the people who like, they drank, they smoked, they were coming to a party, but they weren't like the ones getting, you know, blacked out and naked in the tree with Tristan and Ryan, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think one of the biggest takeaways of my youth, uh, having been spent with you and our other friends that we spent the majority of our time with was that we fostered this ability to give people permission to break their walls down and, and, and express a freedom in themselves that they wouldn't otherwise be expressing had they not been in that type of environment. And I think it was just as liberating for us to let, to, to see people do that as it was for them to do it themselves. Right. And I think we really got high off of that. And again, like, I don't want any of this to come off as like, you know, like us being these arrogant fuck boys who are just like, Oh yeah, we had all these parties. Cause I'm sure there's a bajillion groups of people out in the world that like have done certain similar things, but just specifically to us, 
it was such a valuable takeaway for me because as I've kind of uh, approached this this career and trying to figure out like why do I really want to do what I'm doing? Why do I really want to be an actor and live in New York and 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 you know perform? Like, is it is it kind of driven by ego? Is it like this self seeking thing that I'm doing? And sure, yes, to a certain degree, of course, it has to be. I'm delusional to think that I can even do this in general. But at the same time, at the root of it all, I think it it it's driven by this that this idea that goes back to when we were kids, which is I want to be able to give people permission to break the walls down and express themselves freely by hopefully being an example of that in myself right. through what I'm trying to do. Like as a, you know, as an actor, somebody, you know, I, I don't know. I think any one of our friends could be an actor. I, I'm, we're all going to be in movies that I write at some point. Like every, every single one of you guys has a role in this shit for sure, because you're not going to have a hard time doing it. Right. Acting is very challenging, but they're like, what what I'm doing as an actor, how I practice, how I like, how I get into it for myself, and the only time that I ever like recognize if I'm doing it well or or not, is only under the pretense that I am willing to do something, not because I'm capable or technically able to like perform, dude. Like if you put if I'm on a movie set, a television set, or whatever. There's like, they put marks down for you to like stand on and hit so that you're yeah. in frame and so that you can like, you know, be there. It, it's, it's like, it's technical, right? And it's the technical necessity of being a screen actor. Totally. I miss my mark every fucking time, dude. I'm just like not thinking about that technical shit. You know, when like actors are trying to like get into character and they're pulling their tools out of their toolbox to like use to like, oh, like I'm not feeling in the moment right now. I have to like utilize this skill set to get back into character. I'm just like, I have no fucking idea. I'm not that good of an actor. I'm just a person who like is willing to try to do something to really feel like I'm doing something. And that's not to be like, I'm like some Daniel Day Lewis who's going to go like, you know, fucking live as Abraham Lincoln for three years of my life and to get into character by any means. I don't, I don't say that at all, but, but there is this like need to be like, only willing to try to do something because I think growing up with all of my best friends, including and mostly with you, I I learned at a young age that like even if I'm scared shitless of like getting up right now and doing something, I know I'm capable of doing I, of the doing of it. Like right. the 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 believing. Like when I remember, you know, like you and I would like get up on stages and like freestyle and like get, you know, do these things. Be like, Oh my God, you guys are so confident. And I was always actually nervous. Like oh, in the pit of my stomach, absolutely. I was always like, fuck absolutely. dude. Like I, and, and, that, and then that expectation started to come from you and right. me like, Oh, like Julian Brent are here. They're going to put on a show. And you know, that just like, that probably stoked our egos, but also like it, it kind of, put the pressure on us to keep doing it. And then it was just like, oh my God, like I remember always being scared. I was lit like my whole high school experience, though exceptionally fun and like happy and good timed, I was 
nervous the entire time, dude. Yeah. Like I felt uncomfortable in my skin the whole time, but not for the reasons that like kids in high school feel uncomfortable in their skin because kids, right. you know, I have acne and like, oh my God, I don't know how to talk to this girl. I don't know what to do. It was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable because I know I'm, I'm going to show up and like turn on and like do something wild and crazy. And, and I think that just all kind of like bleeds back into this notion of like, of, of living a lifestyle of silliness and being mm-hmm. willing to kind of like put yourself out there and give yourself permission to just like be free in the moment and express yourself however it feels right to do. And that was, God, that's such a valuable thing to be able to cultivate in yourself Yeah, to just yeah. be free. Well, and- I mean, especially on like the performance level, like, I mean, the saying like, right, is it if you're not nervous, it's not worth it kind of a thing, you know, yeah. like you heard that. Yeah, yeah, and totally. So it's like, I, I feel like the same way, like when I, yeah, like I was saying before, when I, when you say high school, yeah, my first thought is like, oh, that was fun. And yeah, I can dial into like, the real memories of like, yeah, I was extremely self-conscious. I mean, still to this day, I think that's something that I have to recognize, I recognize, you know, but having that being, it's like the nervousness, it's almost like you're like, you're stretching something and it's like the nervousness is increasing, increasing, increasing until you break through it. Right. Yeah. And I was just telling my wife about like a meditation experience I had that was when I was having a lot of anxiety, panic attacks, things like that, and really got into meditation. Like I like literally that's the only way I can describe it is that I feel like my soul was like stretching and stretching. And I was like, just, I was repeating a mantra. Right. And I was just fucking never been so fucking dialed into anything. Like, cause I'm sitting there like Mm. literally my, heart's about to explode with anxiety and I'm I'm stretching 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 and boom it like pops through and like chills and hey you know this like whole epiphany but I think that's a very extreme kind of relation to what we were doing we were breaking that mold and potentially like you're saying if we didn't put ourselves in that place of like look at me look at me and then we didn't have that pressure of do more do you did that do some more you know if we didn't have that so there it's this such a fucking strange life and that we live of like balancing these natures of of society and and whatever like in our lives this whole balance and like you're saying like you know this uh uh like this this cockiness of like being an actor right like you have to dude like you have to have a certain, you know, maybe not the right word, but level of arrogance. Like when you walk into a fucking audition that you're going to kill it, dude, you know, like you can't walk into an audition like All timid and shit. maybe. I, yeah. Yeah. Cause like you said, whether or not, whatever you're acting, you know, uh, uh, you know, whether you're the, that, that, um, Daniel Day Lewis type actor, or whether you're just, you walk in and flip a switch, you're, you're a Joey Tribbiani actor, you know, like, uh, uh, however you do it, you need that confidence. Right. And it just in like, in, in any work, like, like you have to have a level of confidence. Confidence is like your, is your ego. Your ego is separate from yourself. 
But to be successful in the society and the world we've created, we have to use our ego to get to these places. Because if we were separated from that, we wouldn't be able to survive because we couldn't, you know, we couldn't go to the grocery store to buy things to eat and this and that. So we need, it's like this whole fucked up, like, well, how do I find any real balance, you know, unless I do go live in a monastery, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think like, well, if I lived in a monastery, I'd be so upset because I'm not being creative. I'm not outputting. And I feel like I need that as a balance. So it's, I think being a creative, at least again, you can come back to the fucking silliness, man. And what the silliness really is, is never putting a single boundary on your imagination. Like, and if you, you know, if you can do that, I don't think you'll become like a Buddha or enlightened, but I think that, that you will be happier and that, that you'll do things that you're happier about, that you're prouder of. And you'll go to bed at night every day, knowing that you didn't hold back. Like you use your imagination to let this life and this world and your essence be everything that it is, everything that you don't know. You know, we believe that we are who we are because of our thoughts, but where are those thoughts coming from? You know, are they coming from our experiences? Where do the, how did those experiences happen? You know, were they ran like our experience of being friends together? Was that fucking, I mean, how can it not be to me just random excellence, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> You guys get, who knows, who knows, but it's, yeah, if you got to work on that balance, but don't, don't create a boundary and, and you're going to keep moving forward, you know, uh, yeah, you're going to get to producing those movies starring Styles Bentley and fucking, yeah. fucking Nikki P and fucking. Yeah. Well, there's no other. reason why you guys haven't been in our <laughs> silly ass movies that we've already made at the same place as us. Uh, but I, but I'm interested in like your take on, on what we're talking about right now with like, you know, not having boundaries, you know, and letting yourself kind of, kind of go because at the age of 35, for me, I am just starting to learn boundaries (laughs) and like, I think it's, you know, just as important. I mean, we're talking about balance, but like, you know. I think being like a boundaryless person my whole life has has been hugely beneficial for me. Right. But as I'm as I'm getting older and I'm, you know, becoming more responsible for myself and for my well-being, shit, dude. Like being boundaryless is uh is fucking exhausting too. Well, yeah. And and you can't technically because like you said we all have to like survive and we're so accustomed to the luxuries of our modern world and to get those luxuries we have to use you know these different degrees of staying within the boundaries you know right. so yeah it's it's obviously a balance i'm you know i'm just fucking spitballing with you and talking about it yeah no i know brother. it's just like so it's just i'm no i'm no moral guidance of of this maybe theory um, but interestingly enough, when you talk about boundaries, like I'll bring it back to my kids again, talking about like being silly. I'm, you know, when my, I see my kids, I run up and give them hugs and kisses yeah. and, and, you know, uh, 
and we have some friends who they have one daughter and um, they're a little, I don't know, they're, they're, they teach a little more about like having for kids. And it's important. I agree. And, and we're teaching our kids the same thing that they, even as kids have a choice to hug, to touch, to have that autonomy with their body. But like, you know, I know this little girl, she's friends with mine. So we were over at their house and I see her and it was just like, come here. Like, you know, I picked her up and she was like, ah, I was like, okay, you know, whatever little kid. And my wife looked at me like, did you ask if you could pick her up? And I was like, no, like I saw someone and I went to hug them. Like that's what I do. And then I stop and think about it and say, yeah, like, that's something that's empowered me, you know, like right. being a hugger, right? Yeah, of course. But, and you're a hugger too. And I know, I may, I might not have any more specific stories in this one with a kid. And, and, uh, but, but yeah, let's just say uh, there's a, a boundary, like a very real physical boundary that, uh, that I often at, as 34 years old still have to maintain myself from yeah right totally i mean (laughs) it's just 2021 and you don't want to be looked at as a pervert i guess dude (laughs) i mean it's i've dude i don't want to get into to no it makes sense man it makes sense i mean i just i just just went on an exercise run when i was back in uh i was in tahoe last week and uh a girlfriend of mine and i went on uh like a, a run uh, around a track at an elementary school and there was like elementary kids playing like on this track as well like s- soccer practice or something and I had to use the bathroom and she went in and used the bathroom like easily just went in and did it and then right. I went in and I was like you know wearing a tank top and like a, a bandana and just look like fucking douchebag Julian <laughs> walking into some <laughs> elementary school and the soccer coach was just like what are you doing and I was just like <laughs> I'm just looking for the bathroom. He's like, yeah, the porta potties are out by the fence, dude. And I was just like, oh, like I, I'm, I'm so, I'm so sorry. I must right. look awful right now. Like for no reason, for no reason at all. Right, just, right. I, just because of the nature of what's happening in that moment. Um, right. And so I like walked and tried to find the porta potty and there was no porta potty. So I wound up like coming back to the school and like sneaking in to the gymnasium to go use the bathroom. And I swear to God, dude, like my heart was pounding because I was like, if somebody sees me or I'm not doing it, I'm just literally going to use the bathroom. Right. But I was like, but I felt like so like, like, like everything that I was doing was wrong. I was like, am I doing something wrong? Like I almost felt like I was like, I was doing something wrong, even though I, I wasn't. I, I was just yeah. using the, a, a, a bathroom facility at in an elementary school. It was, it's really weird, man. And I think, you know, nowadays we've been conditioned to feel even more weird about all that stuff, like hugging right. a little stranger kid. It's just like, oh, shit, man. Like, that's just coming from my heart. But yeah, right, I guess I can right. see where, like, but that's unfortunate that the other parents, I mean, like, you know, you have to think about it the other way. Like, if, you know, maybe there are some creeps that are going to come and run up and squeeze you, one of your daughters and you're going to, and, and oh, it dude. could look nice, but you know, who knows, you know, you right. don't fucking, you just don't know anymore, man. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's, it's really funny because the other, everyone always tells me, especially now that I have kids, like, why don't you have a kid show? Like, why are you not like the newest freaking blues clues or freaking yeah. Mr. Rogers out there? And it's like, I think that in my head, I I think it's because like, again, the imagination thing, I I try to lay it all out there. But personally, I definitely like operate comedic comedically on like a more mature, like 
our X-rated like spectrum. So even the other day, someone was like, "Dude, you should have your own kid show." I was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah, Styles Bentley does kids," and they were like, <laughs> "No, no." <laughs> And I was just, I was just like, yeah, Styles Bentley does kids. And they're like, no, absolutely not. You can't do that. And it's funny because, yeah, it is obviously with me and you, we're not like coming up to random kids in, in anywhere right. and giving them hugs. Like we're talking right. about, I'm talking about my kids and friends that they have that right. we know well. <laughs> uh, and you're, you know, just going to the bathroom. But I think, and I definitely agree with, you know, uh, body rights and choices and permissions and all those things. Absolutely. I think it's all for the better, but there is this, you know, balance of when you do, I, I, I don't, I'm just a hugger. Like I just yeah, course, love, man. I just love, love. I love physical, the physical nature of things. Like I love hugging people. Um, and I think, uh, and, and COVID I think has made people even, more reserved to that or people oh yeah yeah so uh, again i don't want anyone who who is sensitive to their personal bubble to feel like we're threatening that or that we don't believe you should have that right you obviously should but it is strange for uh, again like talking about balance talking about boundaries uh and just using this as a very direct example of a physical boundary uh and uh, what's going on in the news with people who have who have uh, exceeded their their boundaries and permissions um right. yeah it's obviously sensitive it's touchy but well but now Brent, but, but styles bentley touch but styles bentley does kids is gonna be the next hit on fucking peacock in 2022 <laughs> <laughs> honestly man it would be it would be kind of funny to just like do a like ob, like to try to find a way to frame that in a way that would be like you know almost like satirizing the whole entire situation of like the, this PC culture, but right. also like, you know, in like doing the opposite of what it would people would think that was and actually being like a really beautiful show about exactly what you know, you're trying to do. You know, what's interesting is that I really have come to like, um, and I'm like, you're like, you're the, you know, all the actors in movies. I don't know. I I've gotten more into like comedy and I really like uh, John Mulaney. Yeah, and he did a show more recently, something, one of the streaming sites that was like a kid's show for uh -huh. adult kind of a thing. And I remember starting to watch it and thinking like, like I could copy something like this. Like this is yeah. like a, uh, it could be an inspiration, but, and I love John Mulaney. I think he's a G, but uh, I thought the show kind of fell flat. Like it yeah. just didn't like, it didn't, it was a kid's show for adults. Like, and right adults want to see people do drugs and have sex and get killed yeah. and you know all yeah. those sorts of things so totally man uh, yeah well, it's a yeah. valiant it's a valiant effort at least you know shows yeah. are hard to make so good on yeah. them for trying hey folks today our episode is brought to you in part by our good friends at ladder coffee Head to laddercoffee.com and you can order beans directly from the brewer as well as some of this beautiful cold brew. Locally owned and operated out of Spokane, Washington. Check it out. Ladder Coffee. I'm jacked! Yeah, well, good um, on you for being on episode, what does it say, 53, dude? 53, man, yeah. The first episode I've watched. <laughs> yeah, well, you're not even watching it, or are you? Are you watching it right now? I am. I am. Right, I'm watching right. it from my third eye perspective. Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. We've gone a whole year, man. It's pretty. No, uh, I'm, I'm kidding. I've, li well. I've listened to it, man. I've listened. No, to you that. haven't. 
don't, don't yeah worry. i have i've listened to the ones with people that i know you know yeah because yeah, i yeah. want to hear if they talk about me yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> that's all i ever listened to for as well um yeah it's uh it's it's an interesting it's an interesting medium man it's a cool it's a cool way to connect with people and uh a cool thing to do with you know with alan we we don't know what the fuck we're doing but yeah, you dude, know, I think that's half the podcast. Dude, everyone and like this isn't like an insult. Everyone's got a fucking podcast because I feel like yeah. it is such a great medium to just be like to be fucking real. You yeah. know, to have some like like I'm in the sustainability industry and I'm really dial and work for a startup, and so I am like fully dialed into LinkedIn and like the climate change and sustainability industries and it's such a here we're talking about boundaries again it's so strange balancing like professionalism and passion and personality all at the same time because it's like i'm so passionate about climate activism and sustainability i'm so passionate about my startup and and it's it's potential uh but then i'm this silly boy and i think that's a struggle that i have like mm. where where does the where does that uh where does that balance of okay again boundary where does that boundary in the professional world like where's the line you know yeah. is there a line because there definitely is you know and then it's like now this isn't just like for someone who's professional let's just say like yeah, this is what feels like your well-being, you know, more than like ranting on Facebook about whatever the fuck you want to rant about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 yeah. Another boundary, I think, that that we have with technology now and living as our like second person, you know, living this our digital selves and our like real selves. And uh, and yeah, yeah. Trying to find trying to find that, that, that balance and trying to break down boundaries, man. So I think, yeah. And, and all the breaking down we've done, like there's, there's more to go, you know? Uh, totally, man. Yeah. Yeah. And your, 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 the work you do now, it must be, is it challenging to be Styles Bentley in that environment? Or like, what is it? Like walk me through what, like what it is that you're even, like doing nowadays in yeah yeah so i am the chief product officer of a company called yeah welcome damn to the- boy chief, you're a chief, chief. uh-huh chief, got my whiteboard here for <laughs> ideas <laughs> and uh <laughs> and uh yeah so it's for a startup called sustain six it's a employee benefit program an sustain employee sustainability benefits program um for companies who have missions surrounding climate and sustainability they want to create that same passion with their employees and their culture that if if you're a company who's really putting themselves selves out there as fighting climate um the most important asset you have is your employees and the best thing you could do to achieve your goals or your missions surrounding climate is to use that greatest asset as as ambassadors of that to create the leaders of sustainability through through that medium if you will 
of your employees. Um, so my job has been uh, creating the working with the CEO to create this concept and to design the product that houses it and, and, uh, and, and creates that experience for the user and then managing the developers and designers uh, to, to take our concept and our prototypes and to, to, to build a, a new product with it. So that's the creative side. And then of course there's uh, from a product standpoint, I also, you know, manage client expectations, business development, stakeholders. I mean, I, I really wear pretty much every hat that can be worn. Granted, we're a tiny little startup looking for a big customer or someone who yeah. wants to throw down some investment. Um, so anyways, yeah, so it's uh, it's a been awesome, like very passionate about what I do. And I've really learned something about myself, actually, I don't know, maybe we can relate it back to all this last hour of conversation, but uh, I left my job in the middle of the pandemic, disagreements with, with uh, I was there for four years and my CEO I was working with just, uh, I think he's a great dude, just we, we were done, I was done working for him. Um, and let's just say I was unemployed for a lot longer than I thought I was. And I took a job because I love building science. I love design, buildings, architecture, climate, sustainability. I took a job as a HVAC technician and, uh, and it was a great experience. Highly recommend the trades if that's some, I uh, love working with my hands and building. I think that's why I love art and design, but I came away from it because as a technician, you were the like fixer, which was good. I like being a problem solver, but what I realized is that I'm a good problem solver but I'm a really good creator. Like, mm. and so now working with this startup and really creating concepts, creating prototypes, uh, you know, inspiring them and then inspiring kind of the de designers and developers to like take those and to use their own expertise to grow that into something even bigger and better. Um, it's so rewarding. And I feel like I kind of jumped and skipped a step. I bring it back to, and this is maybe a little pompous, but, I remember in design school learning about uh, Chihuly, right, and being being in the Seattle area and Chihuly watching, glass, you know, the, right? Chihuly, yeah, yeah, the Dale glass. Chihuly, the glass glass artist. And so, you know, he but learn, you know, he hasn't blown glass in forty years. You know, he sketches and draws and sits on a director's chair and says, "Make this," and the artists go to work and make that. And I think that, like. I'm not relating myself to Dale Chihuly, but I really find myself doing well in kind of that position. Again, being kind of a the 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 light bulb, but then I think my I always wanted to do everything. Like as a creative, like being younger, it was like oh, I had this idea, I'm gonna be a painter. Oh, I had this idea, I'm gonna be a musician. Oh, I had yeah. this idea, but I think right. it's been really great being able to like have these ideas, create concepts, give it to someone who is like, like a UX designer yeah. and for them to like elaborate and to create something. It's just been such a be fun cool, experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've concentrated. Really, right. Right. And I never, I kind of fell into this as an advisor for the company on the kind of building science side of things. And the CEO was just kind of like, you know, what do you, what do you want to do in the company? I was like, I don't know, man. Like I'm, I'm willing to, I just, I just want to get my foot in the door. 
And he was like, hey, man, you should read this book, you know, about um, product leadership and um, about, you know, product management and stuff like that. And it really, it, 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 I feel like I am becoming more the designer that I wanted to be and kind of this artistic director, although there is a little more of like an administrative, like business side to what I do too. Um, but I am definitely, I don't know, we'll see, we'll see where I'm at a few years from now and 10 years from now and whatnot. But after going through this strange experience of unemployment, like scratching to get back to zero, you know, to find a balance, to make sure the family's taken care of, to getting a foot in the door in a really cool startup I'm passionate about. Um, I don't, you know, it's, I really hate saying everything happens for a reason because I, I think it's more of just um, excellent coincidence and, and randomness, but, uh, uh, but it feels, it, it's like, I can't help but to feel like that patterns are evolving from my passions and it's only me who can kind of let more passion out to saturate the positions I'm in to elevate and direct me to the next step. And so I'm trying, right. I'm getting excited about like, like even the other day, you know, I, I was like, I need to be, I need to be on my grind. Like I got this job. I need to be doing, I need to like a fucking podcast. I need a fucking YouTube channel. I need to, what can I be doing more? Like, and it was, it was like, no, like be focused now on this thing, like focus on it, you know, really make that, you know, and again, I think there's, there's a whole fucking balance to it all, but focus on this and see now where it takes you. So I think that's been, I, I, I guess to, now that we're probably coming towards the end of this whole conversation, I think that is my growth is, is not setting boundaries, but guidelines, right? So you're not holding yourself in to like an ultimatum, but you're still directing your vision in the moment to where you hope to go. So you're not living in where you want to be, but you're focusing the moment on that journey. So I don't know, maybe that's good. Maybe it's not, but that's what I guess I'm doing. <laughs> that's probably the most responsible thing I've ever heard you say in my entire life. <laughs> that's awesome, man. It's super yeah. cool, dude. It's, it's such a, it's such an obvious, um, uh, comment on your growth, man. And, and just where you're at and it's cool, dude. Like, I, I wonder like what, what your younger self would think about you now and what you would like, maybe like, what would you even tell yourself? I don't young, know. Like, you know, like to, to do. Like if, like if, if you could I, give yourself a piece of advice when you were younger, when we were the, when we were at our ultimate rage level of Julian and Brent, what would you like? What would you, would you say anything or would you like, I don't know. I have kind of my own opinion on, on this right now. And I'm curious if you have like a thought on, on like, I don't know. Looking, first of all, would you like, would you have anticipated that you would just have said what you just said? <laughs> no, no, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man, because yeah, neither I, do as I. A kid, like, I think I had 
such a fucking like saved by the bell mentality of what life was like mm. or i think what movie was it like orange county where he was like you go to high school yeah. you go to college you get married like that's life like i think that until i was like maybe 21 to 3 like maybe maybe more like 20 i mean that's what our that's what i thought so i feel like when i was a, yeah. i always had that boundary set up. And I think that might be another reason why I didn't become the bohemian in New York trying to like find a, a creative direction because I had these boundaries of like, you got to go to college, you got to get a job, you got to have a family, which isn't bad. I love actually, I, I mean, yeah, family the best is thing that could have ever happened to you. The best like family, family, we talk about tribes, like, once you have kids and a wife and obviously things can go all sorts of different ways, but hopefully that is your fucking tribe. That is your epicenter, dude. And yeah. then you build your tribe around that more. Um, but yeah, looking back on it to myself, you know what I'd probably say? Party on Bruce. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Dude, yeah, I think, that's... yeah, yeah party yeah. on man like yeah you found a way man you found a way to do it and like i said in the very beginning of this conversation like there's nobody that i actually like envy the position of being a parent as right now other than you i'm like i watch you do it and i'm like wow man like you've really figured out a way to fuse your your like your the best versions of yourself as a kid back into your kids lives um and i'm sure again it's hard as fuck all the time yeah but, oh absolutely uh, but it's really cool, man. It's really admirable. And, you know, I don't know, I, I, as I was thinking about that question, I was asking you, it's just like, I almost, I almost don't want to like say something to my younger self. I want more of my younger self to say something to, to, to me now, you right. know, to like remind myself of like who I am because not, not, not that he was right or wrong. He was just like, I don't know, man, like we just grow up and we get frazzled by life you know we get right. so sidetracked and so f filled up with like reference for everything else that comes into our lives and it just it stresses us out man like i yeah. you know i mean I, just look at what we're doing right now we're like telling our story but we're like kind of digging into it a little bit to like justify some of it but a little yeah. bit to just like i mean just the exercise that we just did is like just kind of weird right just obscure that we're <laughs> so sitting here weird. talking about our experience and justifying it yeah. and like <laughs> it's yeah. like at the end of the day and if you just listen to this for 90 minutes you just wasted all of your time that you <laughs> yeah, could have been did. exploring and living your life oh no hopefully you, you you're learning from uncle brent <laughs> julian here that a couple dipshits can open and expand you know boundaries for people and it's i mean it's one of those things uh the influence, right? I think it comes back to the desire to do it all wasn't to be in charge, wasn't to be like empower, but it was to be influential. And there is a difference, right? Like yeah. we don't want to, we didn't want to be, have power over people. We just, we were just inspiring them to dance. Like, Hey, if you're going to come over here, fucking drop it down and boogie because that's what we're doing like lose the self-consciousness so uh yeah so anyways it's yeah an interesting 
you know, we're just, we're all just floating, man. And uh, it's like, you, you kind of touch down at certain points and have these thoughts and then you float over to the next spot and we're all just flowing through the winds of time, man. Yeah. It's awesome, man. Well, it is. Of, it's fucking awesome, isn't it? It's, it's, the, like, it's the best. We're man. alive. I know. It's 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 you're alive. It's alive. <laughs> it's uh it's it's great, man. And and I couldn't be more thrilled that even though like multiple years can go by where we don't like really see too much of each other, it's like the friendship with you and with our close friends outside of you and me, it's like it's it it just picks up. It doesn't need, we don't need to check in. We don't need, I mean, maybe we should more often because that's just kind of a nice thing to do. But it's interesting, man, when you get older and, you know, just, I don't know, you could create time for it. We all have time every once in a while to just make a call. But oh, I, the, the, the point is, like, we, the point is we don't necessarily need to because we, we hop right back in and it's as if no time has passed. Like, but, like literally just for your lis- listeners understand, it's like Julian texted me yesterday, like, want to be on the podcast? I was like, sure. It texted this morning. All right. Like we like got on, we haven't talked to each other on the phone besides like text for months, probably. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Julian signs on, I'm like, what's up, man? You're like, just don't say anything. We're going to press record. Like, so literally yeah. like the start of this podcast is the beginning of mine and Julian's conversation that we haven't had for three months. And I, I I assume that everyone listening feels the 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 naturalness of it. So yeah, and, and that's the importance of the relationships and the tribe that you create, man. Like I hate to like feel like I'm preaching on it or something like that, but I'll say that you know I really think that you know a, a, coming from an idea of like climate and sustainability, coming from an idea of like mindfulness and 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 that sort of things like all these things like combine back to the fact that there's like eight billion plus people on the planet right now. There, I think they estimate that there's been like fifty or sixty like billion people that have been in existence on the earth. Like, like we're so insignificant and so pointless that the thing that actually gives our life meaning is the relationships with other people and the fact that they love you and that you love them that makes your life special like that's what makes living special and so having like a friend that i've known since fucking indian guides because we definitely weren't like boy scout caliber kind of kids (laughs) we were indian guide kids uh (laughs) which i think is probably canceled nowadays yeah, I don't even know. I mean, we've even and we, I, you know, we've even had our own breakup, you know, yeah, yeah, and gotten are. back together, you know, and and mm-hmm. have had those to have a friend like you, and ultimately like our kind of crew of dudes, the Chapistry, right? Uh, I mean, is so fucking unique. It, I mean, I think we all we all know that it's special, but. I mean, we have a really, I mean, like you said, who knows if we'd be the people we are today if it wasn't for each other, but it's a special thing, man. And, uh, and you and Alan are just like taking that special thing and your all your podcasts and all your fucking Valentine's day and Christmas specials and all the writing you've done, all the acting you've done, like you guys have really taken the, the essence of that and 
used it as like a creative project. And so as anyone who listens to this or you're an Alan Stone fan and you've seen that stuff, like Alan is, you know, he is Alan Stone. The, he's the writer, the creator, you know, he deserves the accolades for, for the, the stuff that he's presented. But, you know, it all has been inspired <laughs> through like this tribe. And, yeah. and that is not to take one thing away from Alan Stone at all. He's a fucking G, dude. Like, he's my my boy. Uh, best friends, you know. But and anything you've created, anything I've created, like, it is because of this tribe, man. Totally, and man. so maybe that's the message to throw out there. It's not about us, like, gushing about our best friends and our tribe because we love each other like a bunch of sissy boys. But... <laughs> It's to go find yours, man. Like have your introvertedness, have your 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 focus on becoming excellent and a master at something. But take the time to let it go, to open your boundaries, to find the people who you want to be like, who are like you. Find your tribe. It's never too fucking late, man. Just find relationships, man, and hug people after they give you permission. Hug them. And love them and love people, man, and love your family and have a family if that's your choice. And find Julian and uh, pay him for his, uh, his, his you know, what do you have a, 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 a Patreon page, Julian, or anything? Like, Al, find Al, love, Al, find yeah. love and pay Julian. He works really <laughs> fucking hard, dude. Like, there's nobody, you've given me some love, so I'll give you a little love back, man. There's, Nobody, if I'm the creative one that Julian's inspired from, I am inspired by Julian every day by the dedication and hard work that he has put in to become a master and fucking excellent at his craft. And obviously that's that's something that's never going to end. He's That'll be your journey, man, to, to continue mastering and finding excellence. Uh, and, and so, yeah, yeah. I think I'm like, I'm getting all my conclusive things. I'm trying to pull it all in together here, well, but the only, the only... Julian, man, I fucking love you, dude. <laughs> I fucking love you too, man. I, <laughs> I appreciate you saying all those kind things and, um, yeah, man, I feel the exact same way about you. So it's, it, it goes without saying, man, like we don't need to, we don't need the world to know how much we love each other. They can tell just by listening to this podcast, man, Yeah, if they listen at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh but but if the only but, but but the only thing in conclusion that you can do is uh is the day is done chant from we should preface this by saying that Brent and I when we were in like fifth, sixth, fourth, dude, no, it's like third first grade, dude. Oh really? Like, Super yeah. young elementary yeah. school. Uh Brent elementary. and I were in Indian guides, which I, I don't think they do anymore because I don't think I think it's racially insensitive. And um, I don't know, like I remember Kevin, <laughs> Kevin Iverson's dad, who's Polish, would would like wear a headdress to these like meetups and he would like get us all together and like build tomahawks and dream catchers and shit <laughs> and it was indian guys they made a movie about it with jtt and chevy chase called no, man no, in the no. house tim so, allen, so tim we allen, went right? tim, tim allen tim allen tim allen that's right um so we're not no not tim allen tim allen was home improvement dude yeah it, yeah it was, it, no it was, was no tim home improvement i'm talking about man of the house chevy chase dude chevy chase and jtt Chevy Chase was his dad or his stepdad. All right, all right, all right. I'll go with it. You, you we'll fact check it. Yeah, we you're won't. the movie man. You're the IMDb whiz. <laughs> I think I'll be sad if I'm wrong, but I think that's true. Um, and so, so yeah, Brent and I and m- many of our other friends 
who started the Chappas Woo with us uh, were part of this as well. And um, it was uh, it was a great thing for us youngsters. <laughs> Again, I don't think it exists anymore because and we were too dumb to be Cub Scouts or Boy Scouts because we didn't actually have real skills. <laughs> We just wanted to fly kites and fucking giggle get, at each other. Get a snack at um, the end. But but there was always a there was always a chant at the end of the night, um, at the end of us at the end of a of a group meeting, and uh, and we mm-hmm. would all kind of like hold hands and and do this prayer together. And I would love Brent to send off this podcast with this with this chant. Go for it, man. All right. Uh, Day is done, gone the sun, from the earth, from the hills, from the sky, all is well, safely rest, gone the sun. Now and forever, may the spirits be with you. That was a bow and arrow. Oh, so good, man. Love you, Styles. Love you, Brent. Love you, Sultan. Love you, all the names you have. But I just love you, Brent Lawyer, man. I love you, Julian. You're my best Gavilan. friend, dude. Thanks, bro. Thanks. Latest. Gavilan. Oh, love man. You. What a blast. Thanks for doing this with me, dude. All right, bro. Love you, dude. Love you, man. Oh, boo-boo, did you just make it to the end of the video? Yes, you did. Do you want to see more videos just like this one, huh? Do you? Well, then head over to patreon.com slash live at the lodge where you can support the how goods of this podcast as well as the entire Live at the Lodge family. Yep, yeah, you're going to get exclusive merch, personalized shout-out videos. Me and Jules, we're going to show up at your house and baptize your nephew, huh? Check it out, patreon.com slash live at the lodge.